Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Sports Forecast Podcast. My name is Brian Cardarelli, and I'm a freshman at Bentley University. And before we get into today's episode, I'm just going to give you guys a rundown of what this channel is going to be like. So on this channel, we're going to cover all the hot topics around sports. And in addition to that, we're going to have a sub-focus on Boston-related sports. So if you like the Celtics, the Patriots, the Red Sox, this is going to be a channel that you're going to want to follow. I'm joined today by my two buddies, Steve and Jack. You guys want to introduce yourself to the audience? Good afternoon. My name is Stephen DeWye, freshman at UMass Amherst, and I was a former varsity basketball player under the Scott McKenzie. <laughs> and I'm Jack Cleary. Um, I'm going to the University of New Hampshire, and I played basketball alongside of Brian and Steve at Linfield. All right, so first topic today. As Boston fans, we just want to get this out of our system. We're just going to do a quick rant on Kyrie Irving, just because we all have... A little therapy. (laughs) Yeah, we have some negative feelings towards him. As every Boston fan does. Yeah. We can't have a full recap of the offseason without just letting out our feelings for Kyrie Irving. So, Jack, do you want to start us off with your feelings on Kyrie Irving? Well, you know, he got traded two years ago. Thought it was a fantastic trade. We got rid of an injury-prone player who had played fantastic. It was a sad moment, but it was good in the long run. And then we love UIT. And then this happened, and he was a horrible teammate. You know, ruined that great chemistry that I thought we would have. Mm. Very selfish. I mean, yeah, and I, I, we, I still to this day think we won that trade. That Danny Ainge made the right trade 100%. there. There's that no doubt. There was trade of Danny. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, obviously it didn't work out as expected with Kyrie and. This season was a big disappointment, not only because we didn't reach the finals like we thought we were going to, but it was just not fun to watch as Boston sports fans. And I want to warn all the Brooklyn fans out there that (laughs) if Kyrie is similar to the way he was on Boston, it's just not going to be a fun season to watch. He's coming into a young core who performed well, and it's almost like a mere thing. And, you know, with the Nets, with no Kevin Durant for probably the whole season, I just don't see them being a top-seeded team, and... No. Yeah. You know what the big thing about that not working out, I think, is? It's that Kevin Durant's not going to be playing this season. Mm. Kyrie's going to have that team for one year just to himself, and he's going to be like, I'm the guy, this is my team. He's going to pull a self but, but then Kevin Durant is coming back to play. It's similar to the Gordon Hayward, to a lesser extent, because Gordon Hayward isn't yeah. Kevin Durant. But they were prepared to play alongside each other, and then obviously... Gordon Hayward went down with the injury, and it was left to the Kyrie's team, and that didn't go as planned. So maybe it'll be similar in well, Brooklyn. When but. Hayward went down, the Celtics performed well, eighteen straight, oh, and deep push in the playoffs without an All Star. When Kyrie, Kyrie had, went down, well, when well, Kyrie went down, it went even better. So Kyrie was Kyrie had chemistry with the young guys then, but mm-hmm. at that point he yeah. was it was all for Hayward. He he was doing it. Not only for himself, but for the team at that point. And it was fun to watch then because they went on, what it was, how many games did they win in a row? It was 18. 18 games in a row. Great the, the future looked bright. Like, we were saying, oh, once Haber comes back, we're going to be a championship contender. And then something clicked with Kyrie. Uh, nobody, I, I, I don't, don't even know what happened. But I think, what I think happened is he got hurt and he didn't think the Celtics were going to do anything without him. And then they made this deep push. He was like, oh, I need to show them they need me. And, I, and now he's this selfish player that we know today and i think that for the celtics as weird as it sounds the worst thing that could have happened was Kyrie not playing in the playoffs two years ago because they made that fantastic run which trust me it was incredible to watch i oh, loved so every fun. single Jason moment of Tatum, it i fell in love but 
those players, those young guys built up egos that they should be starters, that they should be getting this amount of minutes, this amount of shots, and they brought that into the next season. Like guys like Terry Rozier. Granted, Terry Rozier deserves to be on the team and get 20 to 30 minutes a game, but he knew going into this year that he wasn't going to get those minutes, and it, it just he blew up. Same Similar with Jalen Brown. I'm I love Jalen Brown, love but Jalen oh, Brown did not get the minutes that he thought he was going to get, and part and of that was it. built up from the the run the year before, and mm-hmm. they all thought that they were going to have yeah. this kind of season, and then when they didn't, I feel like the chemistry yeah. in the locker room just no, imploded. Because as, as much as we do want to blame Kyrie for everything, I know it's we not can't. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not entirely I mean, his fault. Kyrie He's a big was, piece of the yeah, pie. Kyrie the was issues, supposed to take this young squad back yeah. to the promised land, and then he... Had to set and, the record straight, I guess you could say. And like they, they deserve to feel like they had earned those okay. minutes. But like at the same time, if you want to be a winner, you got to understand that you have to sacrifice mm-hmm. for the sake of the team. Mm. And before we dive into more Celtics topics, because trust me, we're going to get to that later. <laughs> I just want to do a quick recap of the NBA offseason. And everybody's going to talk about... The Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to the Clippers, Anthony Davis to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook to the Rockets. Everybody knows about those. But I just want to quickly talk about one acquisition each that nobody's really talking about that you think is going to not only have a big impact this year, but for like the future of their franchise. So, Steve, I know you're really excited about this guy, so I'm going to let you take it away. Mike Conley, my guy, fellow lefty. <laughs> I, I think this trade to the Jazz was one of the best moves that both teams could have possibly made. You're taking Mike Conley, a veteran point guard, a guy who defends great, moves the ball around, shoots well, and you're putting him in the backcourt with Donovan Mitchell, mm. one of the young stars in the league. That first of all, that that backcourt defensively, like oof, they're going to be that that whole time the Jazz have always been a defensive-minded team and that this is just a really good it's, it's just another great fit. And, yeah, they added Boyan Bogdanovich as well. I think the Jazz could be a dark horse team to go pretty far in the West. I know I know that. there are some big star duos out there in the West, but the Jazz definitely have one of the best all-around teams out there. Mm-hmm. And they just picked up uh, Jeff Green, an mm. old Celt. Oh, boy. <laughs> every, year, every, every year you can get yourself hyped up on Jeff that, Green. That, that shot <laughs> hit over LeBron in oh. Miami. Back in the old days. Oh. And yeah, not, Jeff Green's still good, you are going to say yeah, and now we're going to switch to the other conference. Jack, you had a guy in the um, Eastern Conference. The, the move with the sign-and-trade for the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon, the Bucks yes. gave him up for a future first and two future seconds. They made you know, a horrible the, the trade. The first-round pick is protected, too. just going to put that out there. So there's a <laughs> very realistic a, chance that they're they not lost, even going to get that first pick. They lost a fantastic young starter who had a bright future. A rookie yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah, rookie of the year. Second round draft pick. Last year. year, he averaged almost 16 points, almost three and a half assists, and four and a half rebounds on 50% shooting from the field and almost 43% from the three. Yeah, he's one of those guys who can shoot 40% yeah. from three, 50% from and the field, and 90% from the free throw. Yeah, and not, only, not only that, he's a fantastic defender. Yeah. And I, in my opinion, I mean, this might be a little bit hot, high of a hot take, but... Um, I think I could compare him to Clay, because in Clay's third year, he averaged eighteen and a half points, two and a half, almost two and a half assists, and three point one rebounds on forty four percent from the field and forty two percent from three. 
And then the next year he went and became an all-star. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he didn't move, yeah. which yeah. is the... Brogdon's also more of an on-ball player. Yeah, I think I, he was a great point guard. I like the comparison. Obviously, Brogdon isn't the shooter that yeah. Clay is. Oh, uh, well, yeah. But Clay is one of the best two-way players in the mm-hmm. NBA. He can play both sides of the ball. And yeah. Brogdon is an up-and-coming star. Yeah, that I think the Pacers got yeah, a huge move, piece there. The move to the Pacers. He can play point guard. He can play. He can play any really any yeah, backcourt position. Steady, consistent player. Mm-hmm. And when Oladipo and, comes yeah, back, the, right now the Pacers don't have Oladipo. They have Miles Turner. It'll give him. Um, good young Brogdon is time to shine. I think yeah. it'll he's be got T.J. Warren too, which TJ, they yeah, for another basically nothing. nothing. Who's one of the best defenders? I and, think. And in my opinion, it was so bad for the Bucks because he was the go-to guy. It was him and Middleton when Giannis wasn't putting up thirty points a game. Mm. As a Celtics fan, I witnessed it on multiple occasions. Him just drilling threes. And him and, and George Hill and, and J.J. Redick style, yeah. <laughs> just fade away from three and always hitting it. And so I think the Bucks are really going to miss him, like midseason when people start figuring Giannis out again. Yeah, I, I completely, mean? I completely agree with that. That not only was it a great signing for the Pacers, but that's a huge loss for the Bucks. And as a Celtics fan, you love Very to see, happy. you love to see it that the Bucks lose a key Take piece. Mm-hmm. So, and my guy that I'm going to talk about is actually involved in one of the bigger trades of the offseason in the Paul George trade. I'm going to talk about what the Thunder got back in Shea Gilligas Alexander, if that's even how you say his last name. It's just, I it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. His, but his brother's also very good, I just want to say. Yes, he is. Nikhil. But Shea, Shea Gilligas Alexander, I'm just going to call him Shea for the rest of the episode mm-hmm. so I don't have to keep saying that name. He is one of the best young point guards in the league. He played all 82 games last season, which As a rookie, in, in the modern awesome. NBA, playing all 82 games is just, it's that's basically unheard of. Fun. He made the all-rookie all team, all-rookie first team, and yes, he has some shooting issues. He only took a little over one three-pointer a game, but he's one of the best young defenders. He distributes the ball well, and he, at six foot six, yeah, he's, he's, he's a big point guard. Which I mean is the future, but he's... And, the two things that you can't teach in basketball are natural instincts and athleticism. And Shea has both of He's those. He's got those out the wall. You, you can teach a young player how to shoot. You can better his three-pointer. Uh, but his natural basketball IQ and his defensive skills, I think, are going to make him one of the best young point guards in the league. I think he's the Thunder always do a fantastic job of developing their young players, mm-hmm. and literally drafted three MVPs. Yeah. Exactly, I think that they're going to develop Shea into a multiple-time All Star. And honestly, the Thunder they have enough pieces. If CP3 stays in OKC and they they run a backcourt of Shea and CP3, and they have Stephen Adams down low, they're going to be one of the better defensive teams because they still have Roberson as well. They're going to ha- they're going to be one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. And I'm not saying that the Thunder are going to go on this magical run and win the championship, but I think they have enough talent and enough youth that they, sure. can, they can – they have all the draft picks too, which is unreal how many mm-hmm. they have. Oh, but yeah, I think they, they can – like eight from that trade? I think they Sorry. can sneak their way into the playoffs this year, and then they'll most likely move CP3 at some point, and they'll have all of these picks that they can just package with other players and maybe get another star someday to pair with Shea, who I think – is going to be a future All Star. Hey, they could draft another star too. They've done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they've done it three with all, times. With all those picks, I have the utmost faith that they will be able to do that. I definitely think that they'd be better off getting rid of CP3 sooner rather than later. For sure, just because there's there's no need to keep him on the court with Shea when you want Shea to develop into your point guard. 
you also could have CP3 be a veteran mentor though, sure. to Shea. Sure. Take him, it could, give him a it, year. Give him a year with CP3 to develop and Absolutely. learn yeah, from one of the best, be one of the best defenders and one of the best distributors that we've seen. And I think that Shea is going to go miles for OKC. I think that they found their new centerpiece in their franchise. And nobody is talking about that. They're talking about, oh, how the Thunder got rid of Paul George. What are they doing? They're blowing up their team. But I don't really think they blew up their team that much because they, this is, I, this I is mean, one of the best young they, talents they in the league. They saw their opportunity and they're, they're, they're stacked for the future. Definitely. I don't think they really blew up their team. I think Kevin Durant blew up their team. Oh, <laughs> and Paul George quickly learned that you can't win With a championship Westbrook. alongside Russell Westbrook. Which I think it's like Kyrie. James Harden will soon learn that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I Very think you can't again. win a championship alongside James Harden either. Yeah, no, I have no, I have no idea what's going to go on in Houston. And that brings us to the next part of it. And we're going to do predictions for the upcoming season. And we can start off with the Rockets. Where do you guys see the Rockets finishing this year? Rockets, I think, per usual, will be a regular season powerhouse. Oh, yeah. Just because they're such an offensive, like, just monster. Mm. They play efficient basketball. They they play very efficient basketball. They shoot like all threes and dunks. <laughs> like it's it's like this. It's the it's an analyst's dream, basically. Daryl Morey, the GM, <laughs> big analyst guy. But, but they're ju- I just don't see them succeeding in the playoffs again. Yeah, there's too many good teams in the West with. Proven veterans who know how to win championships, exactly. who know how to win playoff series. That, and yeah, there are some big I, super teams out there now too. I, d- I don't see James Harden and Russell Westbrook working well next to each other. They both want their triple doubles. They're going to be passing the ball back to each other, saying, "No, you shoot." <laughs> no, I don't uh, think that's exactly what's going to happen. But, but I yeah. see them running into the first round as like a two or a three seed, and like, playing someone like the Jazz. Running, yeah, running into like uh, a Jazz team with a lockdown backcourt, the and Jazz they won't can absolutely take them. If down. you take out James Harden and, and just slow Westbrook down, he, Westbrook can't shoot. I if mean, you for, yeah, if you force Westbrook down, to shoot, yeah. there's I don't know where where else would they score? Who, like Capella? I mean, yeah. he's more of a defensive guy. Yeah. Um, who else? Eric, Eric, Eric Gordon. Gordon. They, off they the lost bench. Trevor Ariza. Yeah. Oh, he was a great defender great, too. Great veteran, three and D. Uh, I mean, I think they're gonna be, they're gonna love the trade to the regular season, and then they'll quickly grow to hate it. So, if you don't think the Rockets are gonna go very far, what what do you guys think are the favorites to win each conference? Well, so we'll start with the Western Conference because it's a little bit more difficult. Oh, there are a tough. lot of teams that could be out there. I mean, obviously, you look at the Clippers and they have Kawhi and Paul George, but then you West look at the Lakers. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they made a couple of other huge acquisitions. There's the Nuggets that were just one of, one of the best up-and-coming teams. They have a lot of youth. They have one of the best centers in the league in Nikola Jokic. Jokic is one of the best players in the league. Absolutely. They, you have the Trailblazers with Damian Lillard, who has probably, I think, is one of the most underrated point guards oh. in the NBA, even though... People are start, finally starting to talk about him, but I, I've loved Damian Lillard after, for a long after time. After the playoffs so last year, they, I mean, if you aren't talking about him, then you're not watching basketball. They, they went out and got Hassan Whiteside, which I think was a great move for them. They needed that center because Nurkic is out for a while, that gruesome one, injury. Once but, Nurkic comes back, they can use Hassan Whiteside for a trade piece if mm, they don't want to keep him. Exactly, or Nurkic, you could trade him. Or Nurkic. Yeah, Nurkic might have more value. Hassan just needs to grab some rebounds. You have, <laughs> teams, you have teams like the Jazz that Steve was talking about earlier that are just solid all-around yeah. teams. And then you have some younger teams that with a little bit more questions around them, but like the Pelicans, and they have plenty of youth and plenty of talent that if they can piece it together well, that they, they could they can, they, be 
a fantastic team, and not only this year, but for the future. I, and I, I like Lonzo Ball as, I at love the point Lonzo. on that team. That, that's not, not a big Lonzo Ball Oh, fan. neither I'm am I. I, I However, love the way he plays. Watching Lonzo throw lobs to Zion is going to be very fun. Well, who, who do you guys see and coming on top of the West, though? On top, on top of, the of the West, it's it's hard not to say the Clippers. I know. Yeah. Just Clippers and Lakers, they're so... That, like, do you, not only do they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Lou Williams, for just like this <laughs> insane years, like scoring abilities, but they're also arguably the best defensive team on oh, paper. Absolutely. Pat Beverly, Montrezl like, Harrell. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are two guys that sometimes people forget literally got into the league because of their insane defensive Perennial all-first team defense. Kawhi's a two-time defensive player of the year. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, they have absolutely probably the best on-paper defense. And Patrick Beverly, the best. You're sleeping on my guy Landry Shamit, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's hard to not pick the Clippers after we saw what Kawhi did with... Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say what little they had in Toronto, but I mean, they, they played well in Toronto. Um, it's fortunate enough to go to a game. Mm. I mean, but I mean, you can't sleep on the Warriors still. Like Steph Curry I, is a unanimous MVP. I didn't even mention them. I mean, not about the Warriors. Unanimous MVP. Clay's hurt, but they got D'Lo. We could see how that works. We don't. I don't know if it will work well, but we'll see intrigued. how it will work. There's a, there's a lot of people saying that the Warriors are just not going to be good this year, and I completely that's, disagree. That's yeah, so uh, yes, I don't, I don't, they, they lost KD, which sure, he's, he wouldn't have played this year, though. So Yeah, I don't see the Warriors returning to be the top of the West. I don't see them being that caliber yeah. team anymore, but the people saying that the Warriors aren't going to make the playoffs, yeah, that no, the Warriors aren't even contenders, that's just absolutely ridiculous. I think MVP. Unanimous MVP, finals MVP. Mm. Steph Curry, best shooter of all. Like he is, his, the list goes on for Steph Curry. You can't ever sleep on a team. He's one of the most, if not the most, like just effective players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Just like gets up, steps on the court and just makes things happen, no matter what. For, Absolutely for others and for himself. I personally like the Nuggets, and I, I it's, I it's tough to see too, such a young team go through teams with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, or with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, proven veterans, but. The Nuggets just, when you look at them, they just don't, other than their youth, they don't really have a weakness. That they have, Jamal Murray is one of the best up-and-coming point guards in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Gary Harris, underrated shooting guard. He's a very, very good two-way player. I Nicole, love my Michigan State guys. Nikola Jokic, I would argue, is the best center in the league. That I know uh, Embiid has a solid argument for that, but I think Jokic is the best center Jokic in the league. Jokic is the NBA. best winning center in the league. But they have plenty of other pieces. I mean, they have fantastic young defender, Torrey Craig, who most people don't even know that name. But he played some of the best defense in the playoffs last year. For sure. And they're just they're so well-coached. Uh, that's oh, my favorite to win the rookie of the great, year, Michael Porter Jr. Great wing scorer. I mean, I've, they, I've heard talk from, like, the uh, Nuggets camp guys saying, like, he's playing with them in practice and, He's absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. And don't forget they got Bull Bull, too. <laughs> they, they got Bull Bull. <laughs> it, it will be fun to watch Bull Bull if go Bull out there Bull if he becomes, ever sees the court. If but. he becomes something, he's going to be something special. Probably. And the craziest stat I saw about Bull Bull yeah. 
is that he had the highest three point shooting percentage in all of the NCAA last year at seven foot three. I absolutely some ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, all right, he shot of, over fifty percent from like, three. Let's this be honest here. Like nine, I think it was nine games. Okay, but that's still 50, over fifty percent from three, and it's not like he was taking one three pointer yeah. a game. Yeah, he was shooting upwards of three pointer, three three pointers a game. Most and guys he, that tall just aren't even shooting. Like, he that's, in his limited time at Oregon, he was unreal. And granted, he has some very big injury issues, you know I mean? and who knows if he'll even see the court. But it was but, a, it was a low risk. High reward. Yeah, was, what is it? Four, Forty-six yeah. picks, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere in the forties. So if, if he turns out good, then that's a I mean, steal. Then the Nuggets have ve- are very good at drafting. I mean, I mean they got Nikola Jokic yeah. in the second round. Yeah, they, they Gary, had, Gary game. Harris was he a second rounder as well, or was he a late first he's, rounder? He was, I think he was high lottery. Okay, well, I don't know where Gary is. Still, like still, their ability to draft is just unmatched. I mean, they got Michael Porter. Michael Porter Jr. slipped down, yeah, because he got because of his injury, and they they let him sit out the whole year, and he's coming back hopefully like healthy a, this year. It's a mini seventy sixers project. The process, but the pro- the difference was that the Nuggets stayed good during this yeah, time. They, the seventy sixers built their team off number one picks. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets, they, they're drafting guys in the second round who come in and be all-star. I mean, look at Nikola Jokic. I, that's just absolutely unreal. He came into the Nuggets, did, wasn't very good his first year or two, and then also he takes this yeah. leap. He's a triple-double machine yeah, at the center. Well, just, best, greatest that, passing center in the league by far. Pro- mm. Probably one of the best passing bigs I've ever seen. Absolutely. I absolutely agree I, with that. I, I mean, can, I, it's, um, it may be an unpopular opinion, but I honestly, like, I see Larry Bird in his game. So it's an odd That's, comparison. That is a very no, odd, odd comparison. I understand. I, I see I, what yeah, you're saying, but it's just his floor. passing yeah. game, the way he sees the floor, exactly. It's like, it's uncanny. And before we move into the Celtics part of the segment, let's just go through quick predictions. Who you guys think is going to be MVP, Rookie of the Year, just uh, most improved player. That's another one that I like. We'll go through those three. I want, to, I want you guys to give me your favorites Ooh. for those three. We can start with just – we'll start with – most improved player. I wanted most improved. That's, most that's a tough one. Who won it this year? Was it Siakam? Yes, Pascal Siakam he won. Absolutely it. deserved it. Oh, absolutely, Big Pascal Siakam fan. All right. I um, mean, my most improved. I mean, I'm gonna go off of my um, underrated players. I'm gonna go with Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he did put up good numbers, but he could double his assists this year without mm. Oladipo. He's got some good talent on that team. I mean, it's nothing like crazy that you're going to talk about every day, like, oh, look at this Pacers team. But I think he could get 20-plus a game. I mean, mm. The player that I'm going to go with is John Collins from Atlanta. Oh, okay. Atlanta is building such a young core that's so talented. I, I like and I, I like the duo of Trey Young and John Collins. And obviously they added DeAndre Hunter. They have so many young young pieces on that team. And I see... John Collins, yeah, he's going to get upwards of 30 minutes per game this year, and he's just going to thrive in their system. As long system. as he stays healthy. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy, I think he'll develop into one of the best power forwards in the league. And I can see him taking the next step and winning. Yeah. being an all, not, only, not only being an all-star this year, but winning most improved player, similar to what Pascal Siakam did this year. Can't say I'm sure who, who I think is going to win most improved, but a guy who I'm, I'm really hoping to see take a step in his career and sh- should have taken a step already. But now he's in a new situation out of the something that is New York. Kristaps Porzingis. Oof. 
on the Mavs. I don't know if you can win most improved. Uh, yeah, no, I, that's why I don't know if yeah. he's going to win it or not. But I just think, like, this year is his hey, year. Luka. This is his year where he needs to take that step forward and become, like, all-star caliber player. Absolutely. Because yeah, that, that's what people have been expecting out of him his whole career, and he hasn't really been. Except for him. when he was drafted. Yeah. And I'm New York wrong. fans crying. <laughs> is and Comeback it, Player Award an award in the NBA? I think it's a player's award, but not an actual one. Yeah, then he, he could win that one. Yeah, sure. it, he he's, has had injury problems. I, I think he's going to do very well alongside I, I think Luka. he'll do well. Luka, will, it's like like um, Mark Cuban said, it's, he's not going to let another Steve Nash Dirk go. It's yeah. kind of like a combo like that. Mm, another guy that come back, I don't know if he'll be most improved player, but... DeJounte Murray of the Spurs. Oh, he's coming back this year. year. I love DeJounte I, Murray. And the Spurs, they're all, they find their way into the playoffs every single year. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll, they'll be the sixth seed. Pop I just pays see, off some refs. I see like. him with, with Marcus Aldridge, with Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan. I I can see DeJounte Murray even finding his way onto an all-star team this year. He's probably this he's one of the best defenders. young defenders oh, in the sure. NBA, hands oh. down. And he's a great he, shooter. He's, he's a great scrappy. playmate. He's, he's coming off a big injury, but I know, people forgot of, about him. He's completely untalked about because he didn't play at all last year. But he's going to come back, and he's going to make a huge mark on the NBA this year. I Certainly agree with hope that. so. We'll move on to Rookie of the Year. Who do you guys have winning Rookie of the Year? <laughs> I already... Slipped mine in I mean, earlier with Michael Porter Jr., who I think, if he can stay healthy, will hands down be the best rookie this year. He's so talented. I agree. With, I agree. Inju- with that. Injuries surrounding him kind of have a little bit mm-hmm. of an asterisk next to Michael Porter Jr.'s name. I mean, who's going to be your guy if Michael Porter gets injured? Let's say. I mean, it's easy to say Zion Williams. I know. I don't want to. That's what player. I'm thinking. It's so easy to just say Zion because if if all goes well with him, I mean, like, the, he's yeah. the highest touted draft pick since LeBron. Yeah, honestly, the, like yeah. who's been up there with no, those absolutely. Two guys? Maybe Anthony Davis coming out of college, but I even mean, that, yeah, I don't think like the most insane, like just specimen to ever enter the league. Oh, absolutely. He's the he second off, heaviest player in the yeah, NBA. If he puts off six, 20 pounds, he's going to be literally think, LeBron. What is mm. he, 6'7"? 6'6"? Six, 6'6", seven? Six, six? Six, yeah, I think he's 6'7". 285. He's oh, behind my man Boban. Boban <laughs> that, that dude is a truck. Yeah. It's, Imagine, e- it's easy to say that Zion's going to win Rookie of the Year just because of all the hype surrounding him. He's putting, he's getting a young squad. He's I going mean, into a system where he's going to get playing time. He's going to be the guy. Yeah, and him and Brandon Ingram. They're, they're gonna, the Pelicans are going to want to showcase him because they know that if Zion's playing, they'll be able to fill the stands every night. Because every, everybody's going to want to come see Zion Williamson play. Which brings up my next Rookie of the Year prediction would be um, R.J. Barrett in New York. Oof. He's in a Dang. big market. With very little around him, very he can put up fantastic numbers. I'm he not has even... about 16 big men, and that's about oh, it. Yeah, I would like, <laughs> sign like five power yeah, forwards. Julius, I mean, Julius Randle might try and take, will take plenty of shots. Mm. But, I mean, he's going to be New York's guy. So I think that will put him in a good position to win Rookie of the Year. Whereas a Michael Porter Jr., he's got Jokic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, all these players who have proven themselves. And I don't. I just don't see. I don't know if he could win Rookie of the Year in the situation that he's in. I I agree that RJ Barrett is an incredible talent. I just there's so, I, when I look at RJ Barrett's game, I just see so many flaws, and I think he has his his potential is through the roof. That without mm-hmm. a doubt, he has he one has of the highest ceiling. ceiling of any player drafted also in this class. A huge but I look at he's going into a horrible system. Mm-hmm. Very. 
very, very bad system, yeah. and there are many flaws in his game that he still has to work with. Mm-hmm. That I can see R.J. Barrett getting the playing time, like you said, this year. He's going to be showcased, but he, I, we saw very little of it in the summer league. He shot at a very low percentage, mm-hmm. took some stupid shots. <laughs> he has definitely has some flaws in his game that I can. I don't really see R.J. Barrett winning Rookie of the Year this year just because of all of his flaws in the system. But I can see R.J. Barrett developing into the centerpiece of the Knicks franchise down the line. The old, but, yeah, the only reason I think R.J. could be a Rookie of the Year cal- caliber player is because of the situation he's in, where the Knicks are going to need him to shoot, the Knicks are going to need him to score, the Knicks are going to need him to make plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that puts him in a very... Like, you don't see team like 50-win teams having Rookie of the Year very often. Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, well, except yeah. for... That was an for, incredibly uh, weak rookie class, I yeah, will say. Very I, I do think R.J. Barrett is the most polished player coming out of this lottery. Really? I think he has the best all-around game. Like, yeah. Zion's definitely you, the best You think player. that R.J. Barrett is more polished than John Morant? John Morant's Listen. different. <laughs> because think about how much more polished John Morant is going to get after a few I years. think John Morant's the same Westbrook. thing for Barrett. I think Ru- Russell Westbrook and John Morant are very comparable. They're very athletic. They're... Like I mean, just watching that freaking March Madness tournament, oh, John Morant goes at the rim, very similar to how Russell Westbrook I goes at the rim. I really like and John Morant. I just think he's not going to be able to win. I, yeah. I think he's too worried about his himself it's after a, coming off at thirty and ten. What was it, thirty and ten? Right, twenty and ten. Twenty, twenty something and ten. Yeah, I, I like that duo though. That young duo with John Moran and Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson oh, Jaren, is Jaren Jackson one is of my favorite young players. He, he's an incredible talent, and he, he's only he's getting a, better. He's, he's another seven two. I mean, that's another three, right? He, Jaron Jackson. He's, 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 he's pulling threes. He's not that's that another tall. Situation. He's, he's short tonight. He's probably like six eight, six nine. That's Jared, no, Jared. he's like seven one at least. Jared, Triple Jared J. Jackson. Jaron Jackson is a small Jared. forward. Am I thinking of the wrong person? Jaron Jackson Jr. on the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. They're, Hold up, we've got to pull he, this up right now. We have a man. mini debate in our podcast. <laughs> How tall is Jaron Jackson? Six eleven. Six eleven. Right in the middle. All right, so we were yeah, we were both <laughs> right. small forward. forward. Power forward. He's yeah. a big man. All right. Yeah. I think I, I think John Rance and another another one of those players in a situation where he needs to make plays. And so I, he could win Rookie of the Year, but I don't think the, I don't the Grizzlies will do well. Even John Morant is my favorite player coming out of this draft, just because I I love myself a pure point guard. I, mean, I, I can't love, argue with that. I love a guy that's going to get on the floor, and what he wants to do is he wants to find other people and get them open. He's not looking for his shot. He's looking to distribute the ball. That's why I think he's different from Russ. Because Russ is all about his stats. Mm -hmm. Whether he's about his stats or not, he's also about winning. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him prove. Because if he proves me wrong, he's going to have a fantastic future. You see a guy on a mid-major team like Murray State, gets his team to the NCAA tournament, plays a five-seed in Marquette, which wasn't the best team in the tournament, but they were a strong team. Mm -hmm. And he made them look foolish. I and mean, that, he done that, that with plenty of teams and this that, season. And that was all him. He just makes – he's so effortless on the floor. Another guy I want to talk about in this rookie class is Darius Garland. Mm. And I on draft night, I wanted the Celtics to trade up and get Darius Garland. Before I really? fell in love with the Celtics rookies now, but at the time, I would say, well, we have four draft picks. What are we going to do with all these rookies? I agree. I think and this was before the out. Kemba Walker signing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, obviously, now it wouldn't have fit I, if I Darius Garland comes out. But – Darius Garland, I think, is one of the – he's not talked about. Obviously, what fifth overall, so he has, he has the talent. But he's just not talked about when you have names like Zion Williamson, yeah. R.J. Barrett, Don Morant. 
And, and he's in a very iffy situation. The, the situation in, in Cleveland sure is iffy, definitely. But I think he's easily a better point guard than Colin Sexton. I think he's going to win out the starting job there. I mean, didn't he and get that don't, Who? Darius Garland. He's, he's, he's a little injured, but he, he's supposed to be fine. I think he's going to beat out Sexton for the I starting job there. I could see them playing next to each other. But It'll Kevin like Love, Kevin Love is not the same player as he used to be. But he's he's still a very solid NBA player. Oh yeah, he's and great shooter, rebounds, great well. rebounder. I can see Darius Garland going into a situation where he's not the sole option because they do have Kevin Love, mm-hmm. but he's still relied upon to score every night, but also distribute the ball to some of these lesser known players on the Cavaliers. And I can see Darius Garland getting the minutes and the production to go out and win Rookie of the Year. I mean, he, he, and again, he's in that situation where he could do that if he gets the minutes. The, the Cavs do have a way of drafting point guards. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and so the final part, who do you guys think is going to win the MVP? Giannis. Giannis again? I, I, mean, I think Giannis is going to be even better this year. It's yeah. hard to, in a week, he doesn't have to go at Kawhi anymore. As He only has to go to Kawhi twice instead of four times. It's going to be hard to beat the Bucks this year. I mean, the Sixers... I'm going to say the Celtics. They're going to be competing with the... I just don't think... I mean, so Brad Stevens has seemed to figure out how to slow Giannis down, only getting him to score 24 points a game instead of the 32 and what he scores against other teams, but... Another possibility, I think uh, Anthony Davis playing with LeBron. Oof. LeBron knows how to make he does. someone look good. But there's no and, chance and, that LeBron lets Anthony Davis win. AD has never had a player like that around him. That, that like really knows how to make his teammates better, so I, I think AD. I, I mean AD is still one of the most talented players in the league. Like every, he hasn't hundred percent. He hasn't oh, been no getting doubt. all the recognition over the past few years because he's just been in a poor situation. And now that he's on a team with LeBron James, he's he, in the spotlight again. He, he definitely has the, the the possibility of winning MVP. Mm. And I think Giannis is the easy favorite for when it comes to MVP. That. Uh, he won MVP this year. He's going to be the favorite going into next year, and especially weak Eastern Conference. But I personally think that the MVP this year is going to be Steph Curry. I was going to Steph Curry. That's a that's a tough I, take, but I like it. Steph Curry he wants, is. He wants to remind everyone. Yeah, he has to remind everybody why crazy. he was the first unanimous MVP. He. He's Seven without Clay Thompson. I guess they got D'Angelo Russell, but I'm not quite sure how that one's going to yeah, work out. Not, I, I see D'Angelo Russell right being traded at the trade deadline, personally. It's Same. a big question but mark right there. But without Clay Thompson, without Kevin Durant, he's going to have to show everybody why he still he was he was always the number one option in Golden yep. State, mm-hmm. and he's going to have to go back to shooting an absurd amount of three pointers a game, and hitting it from everywhere. And if he can lead the Warriors back into the top four seed For in the sure. Western Conference, I think that Definitely. Steph Curry is hands down. Yeah, I mean, I can see him averaging 30-plus a game this year. Oh, absolutely. With like eight five, assists, six, maybe. Six, six. Yeah. Oh. I mean, no, that, that, I mean, that I'm, I'm, it depends on how much how him and that's, D'Angelo that, work that's out. That's definitely MVP numbers. But he could, I could see him, because he's a winner, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And the reason I don't see D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry working well together is the reason that Klay Thompson works so well next to Steph Curry is that Klay Thompson does not dribble the ball. <laughs> he, he, he scored, scored 50 on 60 points on 11 <laughs> dribbles. It's it's ridiculous. He catches and shoots. D'Angelo Russell is a ball-dominant guard. For sure. They're going to attempt to put him at the two-guard, 
but he wants to dribble the ball. He wants the ball in his hands. He's not a post-up guy, and I'm just going to catch and shoot. If he can't develop into somewhat of a catch-and-shoot type player, him and Steph Curry, they're just not going to work out well together. And it's just I don't I don't see them working well. I see D'Angelo Russell being traded at the trade deadline. I, the Warriors are going to need to address an issue of a big man. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, they, they got Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah. Oh, true. Well, Cauley Stein could that, that put up some pick good up. numbers. He could be most improved. Maybe. Uh, I mean, probably not. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not big, really a big yeah, fan of Willie Cauley Stein either. But his I mean, game is very one-dimensional yeah. and raw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he gets rebounds and he he's pretty good in the paint. So it works hard. I I think Kevon Looney is still the center in Golden State starting center, hundred percent. Very underrated. I wanted the Celtics to go out and get come on. I could see him winning most improved, maybe. Possibly. I just don't, I don't see him getting the production. Yeah, I don't to think he'll get to, enough touches. Yeah, he's going to be told issues. to go out there to play defense and get rebounds and not touch and the ball. And give the ball to stuff. Similar, yeah, similar to what like Andrew Bogut did. Like just go out, set, set <laughs> fantastic screens. Yeah. Andrew Bogut is probably one of the best pick setters in the NBA. That's still. what I, that's what I'm thinking and about. I mean, from like from yeah, he was on, he was on the Warriors this year. From a casual NBA fan. You look at Andrew Bogut, and you just see a washed-up guy. Old guy who used to score. Yeah, and, and, but it's when you really game. watch Andrew Bogut's game, he impacts. He the, his, he's fantastic game. defensively, and his screens are, I'm telling you, one of the best <laughs> in the league. Just a big dude to send out there. And, I mean, yeah. that goes back to the Anthony Davis point, because LeBron loves his iso ball. And if they do a little pick and roll with Davis, Davis could put up the numbers the, to get that MVP. The LeBron to AZ pick. And I just I don't I don't see LeBron playing enough games this year to be even in contention. And Anthony That's Davis right. similar. I see them both playing in fifties and sixties for I games think this year. They're Davis just gonna have something to prove. Yeah, he does. He really does. And so have, I think he's gonna go out there and he's gonna try and prove it. The Lakers went out and made a bunch of great moves. I think. I think the Avery Bradley signing, especially from oh, a Celtics fan. I love that. Avery Bradley is still one of the most underrated players because I, I his, his, great, his great impact great defensively, and great. I will never forget that shot that he hit in uh, against the Cavaliers <sighs> from that Celtics team that made that miraculous great. run a couple years ago. Great oh team, God. I, I remember running around, jumping up and guy. down. Fantastic guy. Ah, miss Man. Avery Bradley. I know. So much. Don't we all? So, I miss Isaiah Thomas. I want oh, him to man. come back. That team... I would say that team with Avery Bradley, so Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, they weren't the best basketball but the teams, but they were so team. fun to watch. Like oh, every second yeah. of that game, you wanted to watch because you, you, could, te- you could tell that they wanted to win so bad. They wanted to be yeah, there wanted- on the court giving 100% every second. And that's why it was probably so hard to watch the Celtics team that- last year because it was the complete opposite. Oh, this year was not opposite. Celtics basketball. It was not at all. Yeah, you can it tell- became Kyrie ball. Yeah, you could tell that team, the Isaiah Thomas, Ava Bradley, like that team, they wanted to be like the Celtics that, that was, everyone talks about. Mm. Whereas this team this year sort of wanted to do their own thing. Yeah. And it was, and it was really sad to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it was, there was some locker room issues. Everybody wanted their shot, and it just, it just wasn't working out. And obviously it was disappointing to just watch. I just There were games that I just had to shut off, even, even if they were still in it, because it was just... <laughs> Watching Kyrie shoot fadeaway threes oh, get man. sold after a while. That last game against the Bucks, I've never hated a player more in my oh, entire life. My and God. honestly, I was mad at Brad Stevens for leaving him in the game. I was. He should have been off the court. I, oh, 100%. I, 
I, I think he should have. I think he should have subbed him out at halftime of that game. There, it was yeah, obvious he didn't want to be there, and he yeah, was just going to keep shooting. And it was, it was just painful to watch. Yeah, it was horrible so basketball. Painful. But hey, he got a max deal, so. Yeah. And like you said, game one of that series, they went out and they oh. shot the Bucks down. I was like, wow, maybe yeah, the, maybe they they, maybe like, playoff Kyrie I, is a real thing. They, they could make it. They made sweep it come. Ah, they made it look like they wanted to win in that game one at Milwaukee. And then I don't know what happened, but the wheels just completely fell yeah. off from there. I mean, there's had had to have something had happened in the locker room when they after that game. Kyrie had to have said something to the team. I don't know. Or what, someone said something what that could have said after such off. a good win that caused that. I don't know. But on a positive note, the Celtics addressed a serious issue this offseason in chemistry. They went out and got good guys. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not talking not, about not, skill, yeah. but as people. And obviously, basketball is more than just your people skills. But these guys can not only play, but they are great locker room guys. So you're, you're getting rid of... Kyrie Irving, who... Cancer. A locker room cancer. There was yeah, no doubt. You can't uh, say anything bad about his play style. I mean, about how he plays. He's a fantastic he's, player. He's an all-star player. And I'm not... One of the most talented players in the league. Oh, 100%. And I'm not saying Kyrie was the only issue last mm-hmm. year, For but sure. it's easy to point your finger at Kyrie. He's just the, big, the biggest gone, issue. It's all Kyrie. It's especially, all, throw, it on, throw it on his shoulder. Especially with what he said back in October, is that <laughs> if you guys are willing to have me, I will resign here. And then just... My pulling whatever he did, I just I have no respect for Kyrie Irving anymore as a, as a man. Great, great play, great play style. I, Four, I, I, I want to say I was not like thrilled about the Anus Cantor signing until he was in the press conference. Oh my t- god! He t- when he decided that he was going to wear number eleven, he goes, "You know, I just want to see that number eleven up in the rafters." Yeah, he wants to be the reason nobody else wears it. Oh my god! Come on, they had to do it. <laughs> And in addition to Kyrie, you're also losing Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris, who Are at times similar to Kyrie, at, not to the same extent, but at times they were stuck up in their own ego, mm-hmm. and they they thought That's that true. they should have been getting these amount of minutes and these shots, and they were signed that Marcus Morris would just go down the court and just shoot the ball every time he yeah. got the ball, and it it there, worked sometimes. There were games there, that Marcus Morris Marcus carried Morris the Celtics the last year. We were in. There, was, I remember games. a game I mean, against yeah, the Thunder that he had like 31 points, and it was just he hit the game winner. Yeah, he hit the it game. Was yeah. Absolutely ridiculous, and you love Marcus Morris, Mar- Marcus Morris for that. But he, it was there are other games. There were other games where you just 15 shots and hit two of them. He thinks that he's LeBron James sometimes, and great player, and he's off to be one of the 15,000 forwards in New York now. <laughs> and then Rogier. Rogier I was a, a like, huge fan of Rozier going into this season, and then all of the excitedness I had for Rozier and his future just kind of went down wanted, the hill. He wanted the ball. He wanted the spotlight. I, I have there's a, I have a little bit of, like, I'm okay with what Rozier did a little bit because I understand why Rozier was so he, upset. He was he, getting to the point in his career where he – he believed that it was time for him to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rozier deserves to be a starter. And trust me, he'll get he does. plenty of minutes in Charlotte. He's he, literally I mean, the, the only, only player they even Charlotte. lost. Jeremy Lamb. I mean, but yeah. Rozier, it was it was clear that Rozier was not the starter because I mean he's not going to start over Kyrie, and he just couldn't accept that rule. And it's one thing to say to yourself, "All right, you know, I'm not the starter this year." But next year, I'm going to leave in free agency. I'm going to go find myself a team with a starting role. But what Rozier did was he just gave up. He, he just he, 
he's like, all right, if you're not going to give me these minutes, I'm just going to make the most of my minutes. And he tried to take too many shots, tried to do too he many did, things. He did the Marcus Moore sometimes. Yeah, and there he got, he got he stuck hitting. up in his own ego a little bit. And I hope that he has a great career in Charlotte. It was obvious that he didn't fit in Boston, but I, I hope the best for Terry Rozier. I think yeah, I hope, it, only the I, best. I hope he plays well. Yeah, I like Rogier. It, I wish he had a different attitude he, he this should have season. Handled the situation more maturely, especially and then everything he said on ESPN. Yeah, I yeah, just it's, it's it's shaky it's with Rogier. It's just yeah, like I mean, I, 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 I wish him really, the best. Yeah, you can't hate him because he was in a tough situation where he played well, then had to back up Kyrie, mm. who. Was questionable. I, yeah, right? and it was obvious that Kyrie didn't even want to play, so it must have been even more frustrating for Rozier saying, "I if I'm out there, I could have been doing this." And the biggest piece, the biggest loss for the Celtics, though, is Al Horford. Oh. Unquestionably, the biggest that, loss that hurt. And, and mean, going to the Seventy Sixers stings even more. That, as a when fan. I read that headline that, that popped up from Bleacher Report on my phone, I didn't believe it. One and two cried a little <laughs> it was it was a shot in the as dark. a celtics fan he was the ideal celtic he's the definition he of a celtic played oh, fantastic God. defense he moved the ball well never was like i need to shoot the ball mm. and and when you needed him and to when you shot, needed him to shoot he hit that shot he was a fantastic clutch player thing, and he's gonna be great we're gonna, gonna suffer yeah, a we're, gonna, we're gonna miss him we're gonna see the impact especially his three-point shooting mm. that was huge the thing we're gonna the things we're gonna miss about Horford are little things that you don't even notice yeah, sometimes. Is Horford was the anchor of the defense, For first sure. of all. Absolutely. He could switch off and guard practically Anyone. any position. There were times where he would and stop there are There are very few, if any, NBA players who can play defense in the same way position. that he does mm-hmm. and be able to guard every single position. It's and it's just completely playing. unnoticed. We took it for granted as fans that he was able to shut down Joel Embiid, but then also switch off and guard a point guard at the same time. And it's just, we're going to miss that so much. Yes, we found uh, pieces to try to replace him, but it's but not going to be anywhere the same. You can't replace Al Horford. He, and he, another uh, thing about Al Horford that we're going to miss dramatically is there were times that Al Horford was the guy bringing the ball up the court. Oh, like, point, um, point, point Horford. Yeah, it, why not? He, he, he brought the ball up the court as the center and yep. just let the offense get set. Because, and it was... And, it was so perfect for Brad's offense because the, it's all those high ball screens, high ball handoffs. So he's already up there with yeah. the ball, and it, you're just getting right into it. It was so unorthodox to see a six eleven guy bring the ball. Yeah. Off and the it's court. not like it's not like but, he was only rebounding and bringing it up. Sometimes they'd inbound it to him. Like Tatum would grab the ball and pass it to him instead of passing it to Kyrie. And, and it allowed the Celtics to run sets where they didn't have Kyrie or Rozier on the floor, and they just they they ran like. Offense with Marcus Smart as the point guard, but he wasn't really the point guard because he wasn't bringing the ball up the court. Mm-hmm. And because you had Al Horford bringing up the court and bringing the ball up the court, and they're going to miss that because they don't have any center or big that can really handle the ball the way Horford does. I and, mean, I think a huge thing that you didn't mention that I noticed a lot from Horford that will be greatly missed is how he ran the floor. Mm-hmm. He was always oh. back on defense, oh. and he was always down in the offensive end on the fast he break. Was- Going r- brushing the rim, sneaky. With I mean, hmm. you you don't see big men beating guards down the floor very often. He wouldn't necessarily beat them, but he put himself in a position where he could get back in time to help out oh, on absolutely. defense. And it was it was hard. As a, I love defense, I'm a sucker for defense. And watching Horford play defense, not only like you said on everyone on the floor, but watching him run back and hustle, like work his heart off 
to get back there. I mean, a great passer too. Oh, absolutely! Like, uh, another reason why he could bring the ball up the floor. Like he's just yeah. distributor at the center position. I love it. And another notable subtraction for the Celtics, Aaron Baines. Uh, I mean, Aaron Baines. Everybody hard. loved Aaron Baines. Yeah, you just couldn't. Can't. You yeah, can't no. hate Aaron yeah. Baines. And he was one of those chemistry guys. Fantastic yeah. screen setter. First of all, he was a brick wall. A Tommy um, Heinsohn favorite. He, he he absolutely. But he would put his body on the line like Such every single play. He would go if someone went up for a dunk on Aaron oh, yeah, Baines. He would, he would jump he and take that hit right with you. Even if he knew he was going to get dunked. You weren't going to get an easy layup on Aaron Baines because he was yeah. just going to put his body into in the way. That, that man lives for getting in the way. Of and Baines. I will never forget when he hit multiple corner threes. I, mean, I was going to say you can't forget his corner three. Oh my god! It was, god. It was just the Celtics. I loved it. I loved it. I love Aaron Baines, and he's going to do oh, great things in Phoenix. Hopefully, oh, I mean. Poor man. I'm. I hope. I'm hoping he gets Tough bought out and uh, goes to a contender. But. I like the Celtics. Oh, we can talk about that later. We'll <laughs> and then, you back oh, and then the last subtraction for the Celtics. Saddest one, honestly, the saddest subtraction. Uh, Gershon Yabusale or Yabu for short. Fan favorite, the dancing panda or bear, dancing bear. I call him panda. I Whatever. Dabusale. Uh, just a meme, and he was a great locker room guy. I Obviously, we're not really losing any skill, <laughs> but <laughs> or, we're losing such yeah, a character. We don't need a position to fill there, yeah. but I he mean, a great man. Great man. He definitely would have helped out in the locker room. Mm. I mean, where'd he go, China? Yeah. I, I wish him the best in China. It, he'll go back to dominating in the Chinese yeah, hopefully leagues. Hopefully, he averages like 30 plus a game. Oh, yeah. I mean, as he should have been over there. Yeah, it was obvious that he's he's just not an NBA player yeah, he's, at the moment, <laughs> and he's a little too as, big. A little bit, yeah, <laughs> and and I hope he develops his game and finds his way back into the NBA. But hopefully, on the Celtics, yeah, great man, come back. Always had a smile, like literally. Yep. It's weird to be talking about a basketball player like this, but you would <laughs> literally watch this guy take warm ups. And, and he'd, he'd be, be fooling around, making everyone laugh, yeah. and had handshakes with everybody on the team. Him loved Yabu. I have his him, jersey hanging in my room. By the way, watching him on <laughs> the bench, watching him on the bench, he always. Every basket, they could be down 30. Someone would make a nice little move and score, and he would be standing First up First one off the bench every time. He, he was just so – I think he was happy to be in the NBA. Absolutely. how I would describe it, and he will be greatly missed. In yeah. loving memory. In loving memory. We, we love yeah. you, Yabu. I, I, had to, I had to put a little bit of Yabu segment in here. It's me in the heart that he's gone, but I mean, we Dabu Sally forever. I mean, not only did we lose some people, we made some really great yeah. additions. And it's I'm e- excited for the coming season. I am too. And there are is a huge list of guys we added, and it starts obviously with Kemba Walker. Kemba. And Kemba Walker Cardi- is ev- I personally think Kemba. Kemba Walker is everything we wanted in Kyrie. I agree. And, and he's a little bit of a downgrade from a basketball standpoint from I think, Kyrie. I think the chemistry but, will make but up for that. As a leader, was. as a, in, this, in the system, and just as a person and as a fan, being able to watch somebody who plays like this, Kemba Walker is going to be great. All for you hear is that Kemba's just the greatest teammate. Yeah, he's, he's a, a tough guy from the Bronx. He's going to be more like Isaiah Thomas, I think. Exactly. He looks from just from like the Celtics Instagram and stuff. He looks happy to be in Boston, which is all you can really ask for at the start. You want him to be happy because, you know, Kyrie seemed happy. Kyrie wanted to do the stats. He wanted to be on every All-NBA team. He He wanted wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be the MVP. Kemba's going to do his best to win. He's been in Charlotte for eight years. Losing. losing. Made the playoffs, like, uh, maybe once or twice. He wants to win. He doesn't care anymore about... 
Well, he's, he knows he's not going to win the MVP, and he knows if his team's winning, he's going to make the all-star game. So what Kemba Wanaker wants to do is he wants to come in and help these young guys find their way in the NBA, mm-hmm. and he wants to create a team that's going to win. And I, I love Kemba already. Yeah. I, I said at the trade deadline, I have text trade proof. If nobody, I had you text do. proof Kemba if nobody me. believes me on this. I believe you. But I said... Kyrie is not going to work out. I don't believe in any of the hype of the playoff Kyrie. We should trade Kyrie right now for Kemba Walker. I said that, and here we are with Kemba Walker on our team. And, and we're we all very happy about <laughs> Kyrie being gone. And here we are. Everybody at the time looked at me like I was crazy. But hey, hey, I agreed with you on the trade. There were, there, were very, there were very few who believed in my idea. I was on the see a Kyrie train at the deadline, but I mean, yeah, you okay. showed glimpses that you can't blame Danny Ainge for Kemba's mm-hmm. just a guy. He's been one of my favorite players his entire career, even from back when he was at UConn. And mm. Another thing about him, he's he's already built like a good relationship with the young guys on the Celtics. He, oh, he talked to Tatum over the summer. He was in they're all they're all in the FIBA team. They are the yeah. USA yeah, team. They're playing the four together of them right Brown, now. Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason like, Tatum, I, Kemba. I I just have a lot of hopes. And if you look at the way I. Kyrie Irving is a better basketball player than Isaiah Thomas. We can all agree on yes. that. Yes. Yet Isaiah I mean, Thomas brought the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. Something Kyrie could not do. Because when you look at the way they played with Brad's system, it was Kyrie just so fit. perfect for Isaiah. He, he's just a guy who gets the ball. He has that high ball screener, the handoffs, and he just gets downhill. Hmm. And then he can stop on a diamond shoot. And I feel like that's the exact same player that Kemba is. Exactly. And talent only gets you so far. It has to, it comes yeah. down to chemistry. And there are many other guys that we added who I think are great chemistry players. And one thing before we move away from Kemba, I want to know what it's going to be like the first day of camp when Kemba Walker walks up to Brad Wanamaker and shows him the video of the step back he hit against Pittsburgh. Because that was Brad Wanamaker's team in Pittsburgh. Really? <laughs> if you didn't know that. I did not. Brad Wanamaker Cardiac was guarding. Kemba. Brad Wanamaker was covering Kemba Walker on that and play. And they switched They had a pick, and they switched off. So that big, long-haired dude. Yeah. Was it Adam and Morrison? No. No, 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 no he no, didn't no, go no. with Pitt. He went no. to like But Brad Wanamaker was originally covering Kemba Walker on. Oh. And I want to see what's going to happen when he shows him that video. <laughs> but that that's another thing. Another key piece we added, Ennis Cantor. So Ennis Cantor, I will say, before we start... Saying everything we love about Ice Cantor, there are some red flags about Ice Cantor. Huge red flags. Right. One, he can't play defense. There's just there's no way of putting he's around. Body, it. He's a big body, he's but just he's just clunky. he's just so Awkward. bad at defense. Um, obviously, there's Brad's gonna find a way to address this, but obviously, Brad's a great coach. Second thing is. Ennis Cantor can't leave the country. I don't know. If I was gonna say that. I don't know Ennis if you Cantor guys know the full story about this, oh, but Ennis Cantor does not have a passport. Well, so not only that, he's wanted. His yeah, head he's, is he's wanted, wanted in, in Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. Uh, so when we play Toronto, obviously, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like I just, I, I'm guessing something's gonna be sorted out. I hope there but will be there will be national guard. At I, I, I hope something is sorted out, but was it Scotiabank Arena? Pray we don't find him in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but another thing is, well, I, I'm not trying to be racist here, but he takes he fasts yeah. during the oh. playoffs, which <laughs> I, that's gonna be. Tough. I support him 100% doing that, yeah, first I mean, of all. I want to say that. Yeah, it's not racist religion. I completely support him in doing that. But playing an NBA playoff series <laughs> without eating anything grueling. from till dawn, that's got to take that's gotta take a toll on your body. And, and I hope I, I... Practices and workouts and everything. I, I hope he's okay with that. Like, I, I don't think it's ever been a problem before, but he's yeah. also never been on a deep run in the playoffs, really, with any team. True. I mean... 
I guess with the um, when exactly is Ramadan? Blazers. I'm not sure, but I know that that was an issue. Like people on Twitter were just talking about that 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 was going to be a potential issue, and I don't, I really don't know much about it. And I can obviously we're not going to say anything like you you have to eat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it's, 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 it's his religion. religion. I completely support it, but I, like that, that I just wonder. We're worried what kind about of, his health. We're worried about his health. Is he going to be able to? Is he more susceptible for injury or anything? It starts April 23rd and ends May 23rd. So oh, if we're deep in the playoffs, like that's. Well, I guess if we go to the finals, to the that's finals, in June. Then but still, he'll be able to eat again. I, <laughs> no, but I, I support Anis Cantor, and I think he's brings pieces to the Celtics that we haven't seen in a while. And he's one of he's one of the best rebounders I think For in the sure. NBA. He, he, he feels something, something we needed, and I I he's a great post scorer. But another thing is I've seen the Celtics; they're working on him being able to shoot a three pointer. Ooh, and big. Everyone's wondering, like, why would you move one of the best post scorers out of the paint? I think it does two things. One, uh, if you put a big man like Ennis Cantor, like, say, first game, they go, oh, you put a big man like Ennis Cantor who hasn't developed a three-pointer out of the three-point line. No one's going to guard him. The the defender is not going to move out and cover him. And the ISO balls that is going to be run by Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker aren't going to work because that big man is just going to be sitting there because he's not having to cover Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor develops a somewhat reliable three-pointer, even though it's not going to be used that, that often. Like an Aaron you ha- they they have to respect the shot because mm-hmm. you get, you're given an option of yeah, leaving Ennis Cantor wide open or taking away the drive. Mm-hmm. Giving up a three like, or giving and up if he, a And if defenders start to come out to him and take away the three-pointer, opens, opens up iso ball, which Brad Stevens loves to run Iso ball moving, moving, spreading the floor. I mean, and I wouldn't call Brad Stevens iso ball, iso ball. But off ball screens yeah, to iso ball, ball and yeah. opens up to paint it's completely. It's more like floor. it's more like getting a guy open and then having him attack. Yeah, it's the the spread out. Like offense. what the Lakers run in L.A. with LeBron. I'd mm. call that iso ball, where LeBron brings the ball up, tells everyone to go to the other side of the court, and then runs right by his guy and dunks it or pulls up from three. Yeah, that's what I consider iso ball. I think Ennis Cantor is going to become sense. a fan favorite in Boston just because he's, oh, he, he has literally no like, filter. First of all. <laughs> He's going to we, say whatever he wants, and he's this. going to say whatever he wants about any player that disrespects the Celtic. Like, for sure, he's a great. When we play Brooklyn, guy. he's going to say something to Kyrie. Hundred percent. We're going to, and you're just going to love to see it's it. It's going to come to the playoffs if we play Brooklyn. It's going to be like when we played um, Atlanta and Schroeder got in a fight. Oh with yeah, Rozier. Rozier. That was a series we of Rozier merch. By the we way, were, we were booing. Everyone was booing Schroeder yeah. in Boston. And vice versa in Atlanta, mm. and I think it could end up being like that with Ennis Canner and Kyrie Irving, yeah, which absolutely. Kyrie's going to get booed either way. Absolutely. Man, but remember when Atlanta was a playoff team? Yeah. And then we stole Horford and Paul Millsap. And Paul Millsap. And they were the Spurs of the East. Yeah, that that, that, was, that team was Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague was. I don't know. Star. I I was Hawks lucky are coming back this year to I'm go to the Hawks game where um, Horford. No, not Horford. Um, I, IT had, what was it, 42? Yeah, he had. And um, Millsap had 50. I was also at that game. It went into overtime. Overtime. I remember that. Game, I remember texting game you three. saying. I think it was game three yeah. of that series. That, was, that, that game was ridiculous. That was one of the best basketball games I think I've ever been to. It was just a. It was so fun to watch. I love I Isaiah Thomas. Miss him so much. Wish him the best in Washington. Just going to put that out there. Yeah. And one last guy before we get into the rookies. Of the Celtics is Vincent Poirier. If that's even how you say his name, he's kind of a bit of an unknown guy coming into the Celtics. He's from France, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, he's from France. 
and he's brought in as kind of a guy who's just a really, really good offensive rebounder. I know you guys probably don't know much about him, but I've been. I look, I, when they signed him, I did a little bit of research on him. looked up, looked him up, watched a bit of his highlights. He's a lefty, first of all. So Steve, you'll you'll Hello. love him. Big, big man. Great offensive rebounder. He he's a good defender in the paint. He is. I mean, he's a little slow. So. It, yeah. it, Playing the role of like yeah, pick and roll, you can hide that. You you can kind of hide it, but he's going to struggle a little bit with screens. But I think he's going to kind of play the role that Aaron Baines had, so okay. similarly, and he'll be able to score in the paint and get offensive rebounds. Which offensive rebounding was a huge issue with the Celtics Very last year. <laughs> when Al Horford's your center, mm. you don't get as many offensive rebounds. And now we can get into the five rookies because I can finally say five now that Taco Fall has a contract. <laughs> yeah. Uh, starts with Romeo Langford, the 14th pick in the draft for us. Uh, he's currently still injured. Uh, he's got some question marks with injuries. Torn, thumb. right thumb. Yeah. yeah. But I think that – so Langford might not step into a role right away where he's just, like, dominating. But he's one of those guys that down the road, he could develop into yeah. A, yeah, a, a starter, if not better, in the I, NBA. I definitely see that yeah. being a possibility. He's a bigger guard. Um, he's being he, coached by one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, he's a slasher. He has unreal athleticism. Mm-hmm. They're developing a shot. He's, his shot's a little bit shaky right now, but yeah. they're, they're working a, with that. He has an all right mid range jumper. Not, yeah, nothing but to brag or Like I said earlier, there you can teach you can teach shooting. You but can't teach athleticism. He's got those good scoring instincts too. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. I said it. I, I was watching highlights earlier with Steve, and I said it earlier. He reminds me of an underdeveloped Tatum with the way he goes at mm. the rim, and he's very confident. Oh, absolutely. Like Tatum was, in his, even in his rookie year, Tatum dunked on LeBron. Uh, like, love that. What kind Good of memory. When do you see a rookie go at the king? Yeah. Like, I think I could see Langford having the confidence to do something like that. Mm. I'm just hoping he gets healthy. Yeah, and need Langford, healthy, obviously. like I said, he's got great size for a guard. Mm-hmm. It'll be a two-guard, but he's like six, 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 seven. And he's extremely athletic, so we can develop him into a great defender as well. Mm-hmm. And Brad Stevens loves his defenders. The next guy we drafted, Grant Williams. Love Grant Williams. I said, also have text proof of this, back in March, <laughs> Celtics need to draft Grant Williams. I love this guy. I was watching one of his Tennessee games, mm-hmm. and I just loved the way he played at Tennessee. He's very undersized. He's Yes, I, 100%. But I, the, way, the player I would compare... Grant Williams is because he's not going to develop into a star. We can all we can all yeah, know I mean, that. But I would say that Grant Williams could be a PJ Tucker, and PJ Tucker that's is a solid NBA mm-hmm. player. PJ Tucker is a very very good NBA player I mean, who has a huge role down in Houston, mm-hmm. and I think Grant Williams can have a similar role. That he's going to be a guy that first of all he's a great locker room guy, but he's also going to be a guy that he's guy. not he's not going to be a starter on the Celtics. But he's going to be and a guy who can come in. He can, yes, exactly. And he, he knows that. And he understands and respects that is like. But he's going to be a guy that one night he's not going to play at all, and he's going to be fine. And the next night we're going to be playing the team where he needs to play where he needs to play defense, and he'll come in and play twenty minutes that game. And look amazing, and then the next game might not play again. And he'll be and like it's nothing think, bad to say about it. He'll be as ecstatic that he got to play the other night. And I like think that's that's gonna role. sort of yeah exactly. I think he's a little bit better than and polished than Sammy, but yeah. similar role. And he's bigger. And I think not. You're not only going to see that with Williams, Grant Williams, but you're going to see that with a bunch of Celtics players this year. That yeah. they're they're going to be games where they play no like literally no minutes at all, and then the next game they come and play like the whole game. You're gonna be like. Where did this come from? Yeah, and I know. We're going to rely on If lot. Brad Stevens can manage his rotations well, I think this team is going to be very solid because, like, the, the men won't know what to expect. Robert Williams, I know Steve's yeah. big into Robert I Williams. Like Robert, Robert Williams, I, 
I'm telling you, there's going to be games that he's going to go down and play in the G League and not even be up with the Celtics, and then the next game he's going to come and play like 25 minutes. I, uh, that's Brad Stevens' way. He doesn't want teams to be, know what he's going to do. I love Robert Williams, and I also love the next rookie that we drafted, Carson Edwards. First of all, the most electric college basketball player in this year's draft, other than Zion and mm. like the big three. Obviously. So I met both Grant Williams and Carson Edwards when I was in Vegas. Um, both nice dudes, first of all. But Carson Edwards, I saw him getting buckets in Vegas. There's no denying. So a lot of players have trouble transitioning from the college three-pointer to the mm-hmm. NBA three-pointer. Carson <laughs> Edwards was shooting like three or four feet was, behind yeah. the NBA <laughs> three-pointer and nothing but net every single time. He was just pulling up. and I mean, in college, he was pulling from out there anyways. His shot translates so well into the NBA. Yes, he's undersized. But he's, he's so quick, though. I can compare him almost to someone like Isaiah Thomas. Yep. And bit, yeah. And he, his shooting yeah. is, it's gonna find him time on the Celtics this year, no doubt. And he knows they're gonna be, they're gonna be, come, they're gonna be stretched where he comes in for like 15 minutes, he and shoot. he just gets like 20 points, and you're gonna be like, this guy's on. <laughs> Why is he starting? He can and, shoot in at, from any position in any direction. Like he's, it's just so diverse. Yeah. yeah he can, it, Grant Williams was talking about Carson Edwards, and there was there's obviously questions about him only being six feet tall and that yeah. being you tough to defend in the NBA at that height. Grant Williams compared him similarly to Marcus Smart that he is so strong that he can cover guys yeah. that are like I mean, eight did inches tall. He health. is big. He is very and built. He has he has a winning mentality. Oh, absolutely. He carried Purdue, Purdue on mean, that run, and I absolutely love Carson Edwards. I honestly think that. Out of the rookies that the Celtics have, Carson Edwards will end up playing the most minutes. Yeah, he'll have even the most though yeah, we drafted him like thirty second off, overall. He'll be like that guy off the bench who gets we'll a couple. He'll just come in and just shoot the three because that's so important yeah. in the NBA. He, having, having someone who can come in off the, bench, off the bench and be able to shoot. Which is why Lou Williams keeps winning Sixth Man of the Year. Mm, <laughs> yeah, and then obviously we have Tremont Waters drafted fifty first pick. Who, by the way. I love Tremont Waters. Yeah. I didn't really know much about Tremont Waters. LSU, right? Yeah, LSU. He's, he's also very small. He's like 5'10", 5'11". He's very yeah. very small guard. But he's I watched artist. him out in Vegas, and he first of all, he's a SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He's he's really good defense. He has some of the best hands I've ever seen. I was watching him in Vegas, and he was stripping the ball out of these guys' hands. Granted, these aren't like NBA like starters, but yeah. these are NBA-caliber players, and he is just shutting them down defensively. These guys are five, six, seven inches taller than him. He's just taking the ball out of their hands. Uh, there was a guy, a big man, who was going up for a shot, and as he was going up for a shot, Tremont Waters stripped it out of his hands, took it the length of the court, and threw a perfect pass into the corner. I forget who it was for a three-pointer. And I was that, like, wow, this guy can really play. I and feel like that, that play just describes like him. Yeah. And he's like the typical floor general, hard, hard defender, scrappy defender, and comes down the floor. Gets the ball to where it needs to be. Usually with your 51st pick in the draft, you're not going to get a producer. And I'm not saying Tremont Waters is going to come and produce big minutes for the Celtics because I really don't think he will. But I can see Brad Brad Stevens loves chains of pace guards. Uh, Shane Larkin. Shane Larkin. I was Mm -hmm. just going to compare him. I think that... Jamal Waters is going to have the role of a Phil Pressey or a Shane Larkin. Guys that you've seen Brad Stevens love to utilize. Just like... They won't even, like, it's 10 like games said, in a row, get no minutes. They won't yeah, even see like him in a game. All of a sudden, you see him in, like, a, an important game. They're playing someone and like they, the Bucs. And, and now you see Tremont Waters out there, and he's just playing great. He's distributing the ball, playing great defense. And you're like, where's this guy been? 
That, that, that's what Tremont Waters' role is going to be this year. He's going to spend a lot of time in the G League. He's going to develop. Mm-hmm. But I, I really see him actually having somewhat of a role as the change of pace guard in Boston. I mean, Brad Stevens hates, hates to be predictable. So oh, really it, would, it would make perfect sense to me if one out of every 20 games, he just threw Tremont Waters out there for 10 minutes. Like, mm. it doesn't even have to be a lot of minutes. Just, like, 10 minutes. And he just lets him D up. Like, we're playing the Nets, let's say. Throws Tremont Waters out there on Kyrie just oh. to say. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Just, <laughs> just to give him, just to be unpredictable. And mm. Brad, that's what I love about Brad Stevens. Not mm. only does he is he a fantastic coach, he doesn't like to be predictable. He, he, keeps he throws teams off. Interesting. And then the last rookie. Which is the most talked about rookie. The man, the myth. Other than Zion. Taco Fall. First of all, I want to say the hype for this guy in Vegas was completely oh unmatched. Selling, selling out. The, I, so I went to the most of the summer league games for the Celtics, and there were games. The, the game before, I had gone in and watched like the second half. I forget even who was playing. Watched the second half of the game, and the stadium was probably a quarter to a half full. Just, com- just like pretty much empty. A typical summer league game. Yeah. Soon as that game ended, I kid you not, every single seat was full, <laughs> and two guys. Dressed up as tacos, walked in with a sign <laughs> saying it's taco time, and this was a summer league game in Las and Vegas. Every time he stood up to come into the game, the place erupted, and it was everybody fell in love with Taco Fall just because he was just, his name is Taco and he's seven foot six. And will he have a role in the Celtics? Who no. knows? But I can see Taco Fall literally coming into games. And guarding inbound passes. Because try throwing a ball over a guy whose standing reach is like 10 feet tall. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. When I was surprised when he didn't get drafted just because of his height. Because like Brian was saying earlier, you can teach basketball. You can't teach athleticism or height. Yeah. I mean. it's, it's he's, And for a guy who's seven foot six, like you look at Bull Bull, he's seven three, but he's like Tiny. bone thin. Taco Tacos Fall is big. Yeah. He is not skinny for a guy who's seven six. And he can move pretty well. He can for move a guy pretty well. His, granted, his stamina is atrocious. Oh, he yeah. can't run for very long, but he's pretty quick. I know yeah. I follow Kendrick Perkins on Twitter. I don't know if you guys follow Kendrick Perkins, wow. but he loves Taco Fall. And there, <laughs> and there was a game that uh, Taco Fall was playing, and Kendrick Perkins kept going off about how well Taco Fall ran up and down the court. And it was hilarious. First of all, follow that, Kendrick Perkins on Twitter if you want a good time. Not run up and down. The Kendrick court. Perkins <laughs> is a great follow on Twitter for anybody who uses Twitter. But Taco Fall, I don't really, I don't think Taco Fall is going to have a huge role with the Celtics this year. But when he comes into the game, the garden is going to explode oh, with it, applause. It's if he's not fan playing for the red for claws, sure. if he's not playing for the red claws that day, the garden will be sold out. Honestly, people are going to go going to go to red claws games just to see Taco Fall. Yep, my dad already told me he's like, we're going to a red claws game if you're on vacation in time. Yeah. I'm like, Okay. The Taco Fall hype is real. He's can't wait. I will. Gonna, I will say I doubted him. I didn't think he would make the roster, but. Here well, he hasn't that. officially made the roster yet. They have so the way it works is you have training camp spots, and by the end of it, you have to cut down to fifteen, 15. and then two two ways, or mm-hmm. is it yeah fifteen it's and two two yeah. ways? Um, in the way it is right now, I think we have sixteen guys, so one person has to be cut still. And I honestly he'll, think he'll be a two way, but no, he, our two way spots are filled with Tremont Waters and uh, Max Struess. Uh, um, I think that. Brad Wanamaker's on the chopping block, personally. I, yep. I think Tremont Waters takes over that role if he impressed at yeah. training camp. But 
I see Taco Fall making the team. I don't see him getting cut. There's yeah, no way. Yeah. There's no way we cut him. If he if they cut him, there would be an uproar in the state of Massachusetts. There would. There would be riots mm. in front of both the TD Garden and the training facility mm. in what is it, Woburn? Hopefully, Taco doesn't come to that it. riot because then someone Walmart. might die. <laughs> And before we get into predictions for the Celtics as a team, I just want to talk about a couple of the returning players and what you hope for them. I'm going to start with Jalen Brown, and I think oh, that dude. this year Jalen Brown is going to take a leap. He has to take a leap. He's in playing in a contract year. So this year it's going to be Jalen Brown knows this is going to be a big year. Hopefully that doesn't go to his head too much. But Jalen Brown needs to have a good year this year. He's can develop into one of the better defenders in the league. He has the athleticism. Absolutely. And if he can develop a consistent three-point shot – I think he could easily be the second, third option on this team. Probably third option behind Kemba and Tatum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with question marks around Hayward. But I, I think this year is going to be a big year for Jalen Brown. And I, sure. he didn't get the minutes last year to prove himself. And hopefully this year he finds I, a, I, a nice role. I love his athleticism. I love his slashing. He needs to work on his ball handling. Yes. Mm-hmm, for it's, sure. It's just way too loose for an mm-hmm. NBA wing. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's something that you should have down pat by now. Yeah. And then he's a great defender too. Very, I love very him. good defender. From his rookie year, when the Celtics were playing against the Cavs in Cleveland in the playoffs, um, he was right out there on LeBron, throwing bodies into LeBron, making it hard for LeBron. And from that moment, I was like, "This kid's legit. He's like Tatum, mm. not afraid to go at the king." Mm. And it's very rare that you see a kid that young, eighteen, nineteen years old, going at someone who. Is arguably the greatest player of all time. I, mm. I see him as a winner. Yeah, I do. So he has always impressed me with his defense. As I said earlier, I'm a sucker for defense. Mm. And but there's three more guys I want to talk about. Start with Gordon Hayward. Gordon, 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 Gordon Hayward. Hayward. I love the signing when we sign him. Obviously, he can't control what happened to him. That I mean, was a yeah, horrible, horrible injury. That I remember that night. That, very bad. That night. was one of the worst nights. Like, I couldn't watch the rest of the <laughs> that game. That was just was, horrible. It was terrifying. And see. very, very disappointing year last year. I mean, he showed signs. Of yeah, definitely showed flashes. He had like 30, a couple 30-plus games, which is... Bulls game, Timberwolves, by the way. He has <laughs> Timberwolves. But very disappointing year in total for Hayward. I think that he's coming back from an injury like that is not only easy physically, but mentally. Mm-hmm, it takes a toll on the player. Yeah, there are definitely times where you could see him go at the rim and oh, yeah. seem a little nervous. And I see Hayward similar, not to the same extent, but similar to Paul George, that when Paul George first came back, he just wasn't the same player. That next year, he took he the, the best career of his, best best one year of the best years of his career up until this season. I think it was the best year up until this season. I was thinking of this season. Yeah. yeah. But Paul George was electric that year, and I think Hayward... Has to return. We're paying, first of all, we're paying thirty plus million. I know. I mean, he has to earn his money a little. Bit. I think he has has to come back and have a role. I'm not asking Gordon Hayward to come out and score 26 points a game yeah, like he did in Utah. Utah Jazz guy. But, but high teens, low 20s. But that we, what we need from Hayward... What we need from Gordon Hayward is consistency. Mm-hmm, That's sure. all you can ask from someone. He's a veteran of this team. If you can get consistency from Hayward, then this yeah. team is going to go miles because there, there, are some, there are so many options with Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I mean, Gordon Hayward's not going to get the shot production he was getting in, yeah, in Utah. Yeah. But if you can get consistency, if Gordon Hayward can shoot above 40% from three, above 50% from the field, then – and even if he only scores 15 to 16 points a game, that's that a that is so valuable to the Celtics. That's With Kemba and Jason Tatum, we yeah, – That's what we need from Gordon Hayward. We don't need the all-star 
to return because they're. He, I mean, it'd be nice. It, it, it would be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> 30, I'm not gonna lie. Thirty million ba- baby steps. Nice ba- baby steps. I we we need consistency from mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward. The next player is Jason Tatum, and Jason he has Tatum very very high expectations this year from me at least. Tatum, and I can only imagine what everyone else in Boston thinks. Tatum had a fantastic rookie year, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. and I will say he got better this year, but he didn't take quite yeah. the leap that I expected Tatum yeah, to take. I thought he and um, so there's no denying that he got better. I think he got better all around. But I, I really want Tatum to take that big leap this year, that he has to I develop mean, into the clear-cut number two, if not the number one option on the Celtics. I mean, if, and I, this is the year that I think Tatum has to be an all-star. Yeah. That t- there was all this hype around all these teams wanting Tatum because he's so good. He's one of the best young players, had so Celtics much potential, and we wouldn't give up. He has to show why he had that value. He has to, he has, he has to take the leap. He I needs mean, to be... Prove himself to an extent. Well, yeah, he already has proved himself as one as a very uh, solid starter in the NBA. He has to take the lead to the All Star level. Mm-hmm. I really hope he doesn't get caught up in the Kobe comparison this year, because mm. I think that was like a huge dip on his efficiency this year. Just all those mid range jumpers he was taking. Yeah. I want to see Jason Tatum attack the rim, go up strong like he used to. He's r- so silky smooth with his up and oh, under. Man. It's just he's so I mean, long. Yeah, it's like you can't and, block. And him. he needs to develop a consistent three point shot. I mean, but yep. he had an interview with. NBA 2K when he got his rating released. Mm. He was an 85. He was not happy about it. He said... <laughs> Going into when, the 2K. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is why he was not happy about it because this is what he said he predicts for himself. He said he's going to average 20-plus. He I said like he was going to be an all-star. I like that. And he said that Celtics were going to win an NBA championship. I would this also year. like that. So stuff I like to hear. Uh, that's his mentality based on our interview with Ronnie 2K, but... Mm. There's only so much he can do Mm. in regards to NBA championship, obviously. Yeah. But I I like his mentality as long as he doesn't get too into his own head about the scoring. Mm. Exactly. It will come naturally with Brad Stevens' offense, which is what's so great about Brad Stevens' offense. You have to buy into the system for Brad Mm -hmm. Brad Stevens. Like Steve said, he got caught up in the Kobe comparison, and I don't think Jason Tatum is Kobe Bryant because I I love Kobe Bryant. One of the best players of all time. I don't see Jason Tatum being Kobe Bryant. Last year, to be honest, last year he looked more like Tobias Harris than Kobe <laughs> Bryant, and that's not a bad comparison. Yeah, I mean, Tobias yeah, Harris is Harris a good player, a good but I, I think that Jay Jason Cole. Tatum can take the next step and turn into a better scorer than Tobias yeah, Harris. I think Jason Tatum shouldn't compare himself to someone. He should make a name for himself. Yeah, you want to be your own player. Become a better Jason Tatum. And the last player I want to talk about, who is maybe my favorite Celtics player, and the definition of the Celtics player is Marcus Smart. Marcus, Marcus Smart. <laughs> I you. You can't Listen, not like Marcus I Smart. I love Marcus I Smart now. I love Marcus Smart. When the Celtics drafted Marcus Smart, that me and Steve were on the same Oklahoma page. State. We despised that him. Was not a fan. He was not a smart offensive player at first, which <laughs> is where we gave him the nickname Marcus Stupid. He was a great defender. He definitely always hustled, which I could never fault him for. But his offense just really... It was a four on five. It really... He got the ball. <laughs> really did not make me happy. Now, he is... I love him. He's he, grown so much. He works way harder than anybody on the court. He'll As go always. after any loose ball. He'll do anything to win. Mm. He's a winner, and you can't fault him for being a winner, and he's definitely gotten that, leaps and bounds better on offense. He still takes smart. a stupid three here or there, but, but he's gotten better. He's, he's definitely proved his three-point percentage this smarter. year. 
He improved his three-point percentage this year. He improved his field goal percentage and his free throw percentage. Yeah. All his percentages went up. And his decision-making, yes, was at some time still a little bit shaky. <laughs> but I think that he knows his role. And he, does, sure. he knows that he's not going to have and to take that big shot role. this year. And if he can just take the right shots and his efficiency stays that mm-hmm. high. And he, I think he is the best defensive guard in the league. The best. He can guard all five positions at 6'4". Yeah, I think he is the best defensive guard in the league. His value is immense. Marcus Mark can, just... Mark can play 48 minutes a game, score zero points, and be the reason we won that game. It's like Dennis it's Rodman. Dennis Rodman once scored zero points and yeah. had like 19 rebounds. But he's unbelievable. He, it's, it's not any, about the numbers. He will lay out for any ball. Against Absolutely. anyone. And it's just it's just that wonderful to watch. It's and if, I, to watch. If, if we're being honest, if I looked at the Celtics box score, I didn't see the final score. I saw the box score, and I looked, and the first thing I saw was Marcus Smart had 24 points. I'd say, oh, we lost that game. Because any game that Marcus Smart is taking enough shots to score, to score 24 points, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's <laughs> off. If I look at a game and Marcus Smart scored six points, had four steals, three blocks, seven, eight rebounds, and five six. assists, I'll be like... We blew, yeah, we, yeah, uh, we blew the team out. We blew the team out, absolutely. And that's all we want from Marcus Smart. We want the, we want the best defensive guard, and we want a guy who will rebound. Who does anything to win. Yeah. Relentless. Absolutely. And his plus-minus would be like plus 25, by the way. Celtics yeah. need winners. They didn't have a lot of winners last year. Everyone got into the whole stats. I think, I think obviously, Kemba Walker is going to fill up the leader role of this team. Yes. But I also think Marcus Smart is oh, one of the best. He's a leader of the team. It's going to be the backcourt is going to be our leaders. This yeah, year. and he's probably not even going to start. He's going to come off the bench. But honestly, could see him winning six man of the year. Obviously, I don't think he's going to put up the points to be recognized for six man of the year. No. But, but his value, Celtics. Every Celtics fan will understand. He's um, our six man of the year. Yeah, he he will always be our six man of the year if he's coming. Six man of the century. Mm. And the final thing before we end the show, so I want to talk about what do you think. The ceiling and the floor is for the Celtics this year. Where do you, where do you see them finishing as a All team? Right. Floor, seven or eight seed. That's really? the worst That's case. That scenario. low. We we have to make the playoffs. Uh, I, 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 I would put their floor as like a five six. Yeah, I like seven or eight. So some things go very poorly. Mm. I I think we have the the capability of being even a two seed, but mm. probably more like the three to six range. I yeah. I when I look at the Celtics this year. I see that the East is wide open. I'm not. It, it's weak, but it's not as weak. It's just more. It's more. It's, it's more or less there wide few, open. There are a few Every, teams contending. Everyone thinks it's theirs. Yeah, I, I will say Milwaukee is the clear cut one in the East, mm-hmm. obviously because of Giannis. And then After then, that, Philadelphia. It's iffy, mm, depending. Will on Philadelphia be really there. good in will the regular indeed, season? Will probably play more than fifty games this mm. year. That's I, the big question. Yeah, I, I'd say Philadelphia will probably be the number two seed. Don't really like Philadelphia. Don't think they're going to go very far. They're but, gonna match up very well against us because mm. they're huge. They can't shoot the three though. They they Not just and B so, can but, shoot but, and Horford, Horford, Horford can brings shoot. some shooting to that. I, like, they, the way we set him up was why he shot so well there in Boston. But like do you, like they're gonna be able to defend us very well. I think. Mm. But other than those two teams, I realistically can't think of a team that's better than the Celtics in the Eastern Conference because the Pacers, I think, are a great young team, but they're without Oladipo for the majority of the yeah. season. The Nets are without Kevin Durant for the majority of the season. There isn't another team in the in the East that is better than the Celtics. That I think that it, they're definitely the third best team in the East, and they should finish in the top five, sure. if not higher, in the East. I could see them, honestly... 
kind of being like the Celtics from a couple years ago and yeah. finishing as the one seed. Yeah. And being because the most exciting team to watch. They're going to be uh, – Milwaukee's going to rest Giannis a couple games. So Milwaukee will probably lose – I mean, probably win 50 games, 50-something games, probably high 50 games. Yeah. I can see the Celtics winning, 50 w- winning almost 60 games this year. I, I, I don't see why that's not. If, if every player buys into Brad Stevens' system, and that's a big if because last year we saw what happened if you don't. Mm-hmm. If they buy into Brad Stevens' system and trust – I don't want to say trust the process because that's, that's Philadelphia. That's but trust the system. Believe I think, in the system. Believe in the system. Maybe that can be their motto. Believe in the system. And all the players just play to their – their potential and there there isn't any big egos like there was last year. I don't see why this team can't win sixty games, yeah. especially in a such a yeah, weak yeah. Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. They play like they play. Um, who's a team that would like they play the Hornets four times? Yeah, Indeed. like that should be. I mean, should be four should easy. be four wins, do seeing we, as they don't have a clear cut star. Do we? We'll see what they happens. Have a clear cut NBA player other than Terry Rozier. Everybody else <laughs> do, on that team may or may not be an NBA player. Do we boo or applaud Terry when he returns? I wouldn't boo Terry I, Rozier. I don't I give him a standing. Elf. I let t- Terry I, left because he had he, to. He did. Of this he list, which we have a list in front of us, Kyrie, I'm booing. I oh. I already tried to get tickets. They're like seven hundred dollar tickets already. I may throw something on the court if I'm there. Uh, I I just have no respect to Kyrie. Marcus Morris. I don't think he really gets much of a reaction. Maybe we'll yeah. get a, he'll get an applause, but he's where not, is he? The Knicks? Or yeah, he's, he's on the Knicks. One of the two yeah, he was supposed to go to Spurs. Spurs. He's on the Knicks. Um, so. Backed out of a deal. Horford, with I will stand and Horford, pod, bow. I will clean Horford, his shoes for him. Horford gets a tribute video. That's I, the way I look at it. I hundred percent agree. I genuinely brought it up this year throughout the season. I wanted to give Horford the C after this. Oh, year. absolutely. I will. I think he, Marcus Smart deserves one too. But he, he could get it. Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines. But, nothing but applause. I love Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines left. <laughs> Not under his own. I, 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 I don't, who I knows what team Aaron Baines could be on. Terry Rozier, I, like I said, I'll, I'll clap for him. I don't think he deserved a tribute I, yeah, video or I anything like yeah, that, no, but he definitely not booing. He didn't do anything special to earn that tribute video. He was great off the bench. He had his moments. Just not, nothing but respect him. for Rozier. Yeah, and he, but the last year, it just kind of ruined it for him. Hmm. And then Yabu, we won't see. I'm but, going to China to see Yabu. I mean, honestly. Uh, no, I'm, go- I'm going to be following whatever team he's on. Keep in touch with Yabu. <laughs> I mean, he did like one of your comments. Yeah, I commented on Yabu's post and he liked my comment. That was <laughs> one of the best moments of my summer. Of your life. Let's be <laughs> no, one of the best moments of my life is at Canopy Lake Park when we oh, met Yabu. Yep. Okay, uh, we chased him around. Quick moment of silence for Yabu. Thank you, Yabu. Thank you for all you did. It will be interesting to see what happens this season. There are a lot of question marks in the mm. NBA. And that it's gonna be a fun one. And that for the most part rounds up the episode. You guys can subscribe to the channel if you want, but you if you're not, you can Please follow do subscribe. Uh, follow me at Twitter at Carterelli Brian. You guys have Twitters that you wanna I don't think I have I don't tweet anything interesting, so Okay, well you don't have to follow them on Twitter, follow but definitely Brian follow me. I will be doing more podcasts in the near future. Maybe not all basketball. Fancy football articles coming out soon as well. But thank you for listening.